Laurie Vober suffered a massive stroke at age 29, which left her paralyzed on the left side. After a two-month stay in the hospital where she had two brain surgeries, she returned home and then her husband lost his job in the aviation industry due to the effects of 9-11. A cross-country move was necessary while Lori was still in a wheelchair. And Lori also has developed epilepsy from the stroke and lost more independence. Lori is an amazing woman and you are going to appreciate and enjoy her story, which will definitely encourage you. Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Today I have Lori Vober with me, who is going to share an incredible story as we started to tell you in the intro. Now, seven years later, Lori and her husband were able to adopt three siblings. This really excited me when I read that, Lori. Two of them with mental illnesses. So you have a lot of area to cover here, and we want to hear the full story. So please start from the beginning and share your story. Oh, thank you so much, Carol. I really appreciate you having me on today. So my story started, like you said, when I was just 29, and uh, luckily I had a very strong faith prior to my stroke, and uh, God always has a plan for each of us. Um, sometimes we don't know what that plan is, and prior to my stroke, uh, my husband and I were trying to start our own family and had not yet been successful. Um, we were both employed in the airline industry. My background was marketing and sales, and uh, we both worked for Northwest Airlines at the time, and I was doing a lot of traveling. And prior to my stroke, um, I had received an opportunity at our church. I was already the wedding and uh, special events coordinator at our church, and they came to me and asked if I wanted to take over as the office manager. And because we were struggling to start our family, we decided that that might help with our family planning. So in January of 2003, I chose to change my career and go to the church and uh, make that transition. And we thought at the time uh, the change in career would help our family planning. What turned out was God was making that choice for us to save my life. Because what happened was three weeks later on a Friday, and normally, as many people know, um, churches are shut down on Fridays and uh, with minimal staff, because that's the day usually pastoral uh, staff take the 
day off. Um, I was usually alone in the church, but this particular Friday, I had a coworker working with me, and I had a women's Bible study going on um, down the hall. Was the day I had my massive stroke, and uh, so I wasn't feeling well early in the day. But I was not aware of the signs of the stroke like I should have been. I was only 29. I thought I was healthy. Um, I started feeling sick to my stomach, had a headache. Um, but like I said, I didn't know the signs. I wasn't aware, and I just I just was ignoring it until it was almost too late. Um, I was sitting at my chair in the office, and my leg started going numb. And that was when um, I reached out to my husband. I reached out to my parents, who had actually moved from Texas to Minnesota uh, 18 months prior to be closer to us. And uh, they knew right away something was wrong and came to the church. And we called 911, and they rushed me to the hospital and I was actually unconscious by the time we reached the ambulance and I went through a five-hour brain surgery um, that night to stop the bleed and the stroke was caused by a malformation of blood vessels on the right side of my brain it was undetected um, it was something I was born with but uh, no one knew I had and uh, the uh, the uh, malformation caused a uh, uh, bleed um, and so it ruptured and uh, so the blood the emergency brain surgery um, was to uh, stop the bleed and I woke up 17 days later out of a drug-induced coma on, off life support completely paralyzed on the left side and we learned very quickly that in the blink of an eye your life can change and right. um, we literally had to start all over and take it one step at a time in a new direction. Yes you put that in a capsule and I love the way you, you shared that part of your story. What was the emotional state that you were in? Were you in fear? Were you anxious? Were you calm? And also those around you, your parents, your husband. How did this play out emotionally for everything that was going on at that time? That is a wonderful question. I think everybody had different emotions and uh, God protected me wonderfully in the fact that he kept me extremely calm uh, and, and protected um, throughout the whole process because uh I did not realize um, how devastating the stroke was and what the outcome was. And he, he did a wonderful job um, protecting me from that. And my parents and uh, uh, my husband did a wonderful job protecting me from that also, I believe. I'm an only child, uh, so uh, this was devastating, obviously, to my parents. Uh -huh. uh, so they definitely took uh, uh, a, a devastating emotional toll on this, especially my mom. She never left my side. Um, um, she was uh, the one that stayed by me um, from the very beginning and uh, was there uh, uh, to answer all the questions from the doctors and uh, was kind of the rock that held everything together. Um, as most moms are, um, she definitely was the one that was there for me uh, every step of the way. Um, and at the same time, I'm a very independent person, so that was very hard for me um, to have to let go of that independence. Um, the other thing that God did, though, along the way, from the time the stroke happened on, is I always like to exercise a lot. So the one thing I think he really did to protect me uh, mentally and emotionally is I looked at this as a 
physical, not an emotional issue. So uh, for some reason, I just kept thinking, okay, if I can exercise and rehab through this, somehow, miraculously, I'm going to get better. And I don't know where I got that from, but uh, somehow I just kept thinking, if I keep pushing hard enough on the exercise level, eventually this has got to get better. Um, So that's, that was my focus. And so I think God protected me um, from ever emotionally or mentally um, breaking down um, because of that focus. Now, I have to say, um, God is an amazing God um, in the fact that he gave me, the husband he gave me, um, knowing um, that we were going to go through this. Uh, my husband grew up with a mom that di- was diagnosed with cancer early on in his life. Um, she passed away, unfortunately, a month before we met. She battled a hormonal cancer for 16 years. So he basically grew up watching a dad take care of a mom almost his whole life. Now, we did not realize when we got married that we were going to face this challenge in our own marriage, but God did. And so when I moved from Oklahoma to Minnesota. I moved there uh, for my career, met my husband, Danis, at church, and we were only dating six weeks before he asked me to marry him. (laughs) And so I had no idea that God was planting this marriage um, the way he did, but I believe he planted Danis in my life because he knew one day I was going to need a godly mate that understood what it was going to be like to take care of a wife that had medical challenges and he innately knew from watching his dad take care of his mom what that was going to take. And so he was ready uh, to step up to the plate and take care of me. And so he 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 did. He uh, you know, he had a hard time at the very beginning um, reacting uh, yeah. because I think it, it hit home real quick. Oh, my goodness, this is happening right, to me. Right. Um, but as time progressed, um, he really stepped in and he um, never faltered in his wedding vows, never um, thought about, uh, you know, walking away. And every step of the way, he was by my side. And uh, it was it, there was uh, not uh, easy days, but uh, we were in it for the long haul. And uh, we were just shy of our fifth year wedding anniversary when this happened. So, um, you know, we weren't newlyweds, but we mm-hmm. weren't very right, far right, in right. Our, our, our marriage. His heart was already molded as a young child to um to protect you to help you wow that's wonderful yes <laughs> like oh, you I'm said so it, it it was ordained yes. absolutely yes. hon yes. many men would have walked away and i certainly have interviewed people where that had that had happened where they cannot cope with what happened to their spouse or their child very often as well i appreciate that from your heart to mine and also i know the audience will yes because i i know how i know how how much we have missed having his mom in our in our lives yes and, uh, exactly um, that, that is a loss that uh, you just never can get back but i am so grateful to his dad for innately mm-hmm, teaching him mm-hmm. those skills that, that's right uh, that he has. Exactly. Continue. You left the hospital then and what happened? 
Yes. So we left the hospital. We went to live with my parents because our uh, house had too many stairs. And so I actually never went back to our original house. That was our first house. It was a very special house because his mom actually helped uh, him pick out the land uh, for that house Uh. that he actually built. And so unfortunately, we never were able to go back to that house. We went uh, to live with my parents um, because their house was more conducive um, to the environment. And they became my main caregivers while my husband went to work. Um, I was still going back to the hospital for therapy every day, even though I was uh, um, home. I was an outpatient in therapy. And uh, I did not realize that the airline industry was in such destruction as it was Uh. from the September 11th terrorist attacks. But uh, it was. And uh, slowly his job um, became in jeopardy. And it was two months after my hospital discharge that he eventually lost his job as an aircraft mechanic. So uh, we went from uh, thinking we were doing great. We were traveling around the world. um, We were trying to start our own family, um, living the great life to uh, in two incomes to absolutely no incomes and uh, me uh, completely disabled and uh, wondering uh, what we're going to do next. But, you know, God always has a plan. And even when you don't think uh, you know what you're going to do, um, he shows up. And so uh, Dana's happened to wear a uh, Northwest jacket to the grocery store one night to pick up some groceries. And a gentleman approached him in the banana aisle. So we call it our (laughs) banana moment, but really it's our God moment. And he said, do you know a manager that worked at uh, Northwest Airlines that happened to be one of his managers that used to work uh, there? And this manager used to be uh, the stranger's neighbor who moved to Arizona to start an aviation maintenance facility (laughs) here in Arizona. And so within a week, uh, my husband had reached out to this manager in Arizona. Um, Long story short, he had a new job. We picked up all of our families, myself, my husband, and my parents. We sold both houses, and uh, by summer, Um, we were relocated to Arizona. So um, it was a whirlwind, but uh, where God has plans and he has a way, um, there's no stopping him. So that's where we ended up. And God said, you know what? Yes, I brought you to Arizona for your husband and a job, but I really brought you here for your recovery. And Uh, so no uh, sooner did we get here, um, we found the most fabulous neuro rehab center um, for me in Phoenix. It was just opening, and I was one of their first set of patients. It's called Swan Rehab, and it really skyrocketed my therapy. Um, In Minnesota at the time, back in 2003, I had wonderful therapists, however, Medicine is not where it is today. And back then, they were of the impression, if you do not uh, get back uh, what you uh, want within six months, go be happy where your life is, and uh, that's where you're going to be. And at that time, I was now 30 years old, and I was not happy in a wheelchair um, with uh, uh, just using one side of my body. And uh, this new philosophy here at this new rehab center was completely different. They were all about um, the neuroplasticity of the brain, which basically means that your brain can 
relearn and does have the ability to relearn through a lot of repetition. It's kind of like I, I say it's like playing the piano. It's a lot of um, doing the same exercise over and over and over again. Um, this therapy was built on um, uh, many repetitions and hours and hours. So I basically threw myself into the therapy program. Uh, it was an all-day program for four weeks is how the program originally started. And I took the next seven years uh, and said, this will be my next full-time job. And I worked six to eight hours a day to get my life back and my mobility back. And uh, I did that. And uh, so that was, I did, when I wasn't at the clinic, I did it at home instead of my own therapy room. I was the youngest person at the Silver Sneakers program at the YMCA. And I did everything I could and everything my therapist told me to do, um, either at the clinic or at home, to get better. And uh, it worked. Um, I still have a disability today, but I am independent and I can drive and uh, um, I can do everything I need to do to uh, functionally independently. Is your middle name tenacious? <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm so grateful that God gave me the positive attitude he gave me and the perseverance he gave me prior to the stroke because those are the two traits that have carried me through right. um, so well. I, I really am grateful for those two traits because um, they have served me well since the stroke and uh, it what, it's what keeps me going today. Well, we certainly are, are appreciating what you are sharing as far as your story and we are going to take a short break. When we come back, we want to hear about your adopted children, what you have learned, how this can help us and your book. We'll be right back. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another. Gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. Lori Volber is sharing her story today with us on Never Ever Give Up Hope. She is the poster girl for this show. My goodness, never giving up no matter what is thrown at her. And as you've been listening, I'm sure you're wondering what happened next. So Lori is now going to share what she learned and also that they were able to have a family. So Lori, take it away. What have you oh. learned through this experience that the audience needs to hear? Oh, I've learned so much, Carol. I appreciate your time and I appreciate your audience so much. I, I've learned uh, definitely never to give up. Um, always persevere. Always have a positive attitude. Always keep your eyes on God. Always keep your faith strong. And always when you think that there's not a solution, 
there's a solution. <laughs> so keep keep looking for your options. Uh, you know, there's always someone out there willing to help you. Um, and there's always opportunities to grow and to learn. Um, and no matter what your struggle is, um, keep going because there is um, there truly is a solution. Um, sometimes you just have to think outside the box. Right. That's what you did when you decided to have a family. Yes, yes. So um, as I mentioned in the beginning, we were trying to start our family prior to the stroke. And so I worked really hard um, the first seven years. uh, And that took us to 2010. And we decided at that point, we were really at a crossroads, we could either continue the same route and uh, continue with therapy. Um, We could do nothing uh, and continue with travel and the life that we uh, had prior to the stroke, um, we had always uh, supported Compassion International as an organization and supported four children. And so we'd always had a heart and a love for um, supporting children and had children um, in our lives that way. And so that dream of uh, having children in our lives had never died. And so with the uh, stroke and the medicine, and I had developed epilepsy from the stroke and the scar tissue, um, we were really quite concerned about um, the my health of having our own biological children. We decided to look into adoption and what that would look like and if that would be a viable option. Based on where we lived in Arizona and uh, the environment, and uh, my dad uh, worked uh, in the telecommunications industry and was uh, very familiar with the Latino community, we decided to uh, venture into international adoption and chose Colombia, South America as our choice. My husband and I were both only children, and so we had this grand idea that we wanted a larger family. We had the skewed idea of what siblings were like because we were both only children. Uh, So we decided when we (laughs) wanted to adopt that we wanted to adopt um, a sibling group. So we decided in 2010 to proceed with an adoption of um, a sibling group. And so God led us to an adoption of three. And, And so in 2011, we traveled to Columbia, South America, and we were united with um, our three kids and that Mm. was uh, two daughters and a son and at the time they were ages six eight and ten what an undertaking wow it was we didn't realize at the time i say we adopted with love blinders on and it's been a journey of both blessings and challenges and i think a lot of times god puts those um, blinders on because otherwise maybe we wouldn't jump in the way we do. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. (laughs) So tell us, maybe share a little bit about that experience. Yes. So, you know, it it definitely fulfilled the journey of uh, being able to be a family. We've learned a lot about uh, what we wish we had known ahead of time. Um, We've learned a lot about, uh, uh, of what it's, it takes to be a parent. Um, I, you know, I'm grateful to my children that they've allowed me to be a mom and, and have had that opportunity. It has not been the easiest journey. 
Um, you know, it's like any journey in life, um, whether it's a medical journey, whether it's a um, husband-wife journey, whether it's a parenting journey, um, you know, you never know what you don't know until you uh, you you get involved and uh you know it, it's just that's just part of it right, and so right. um you know i say at this point um that god has given me medical challenges and the challenges i have gone through with my kids um so that i can now take these experiences and help others and i truly believe that um i'm at a point now that i God has given me this, these experiences um, to truly be a hope and encouragement to others. Um, because, you know, anytime we experience things in life, we have a choice of what we're going to do with them. And, uh, you know, could it have been easier? Yes. But um, if, if everything in life is easy, then we don't have room to grow. And so um, at, at this stage, um, we do the best we can with what we're given and we um, learn from it and we grow from it. And so um, there's been some wonderful moments and some great moments and some wonderful blessings. And there's been some great challenges and that's just because they've had trauma and abandonment and yes. uh, mental challenges yes. that uh, we weren't aware of at the time and uh, that we couldn't help, but uh, we're loving them through them and supporting them through them. And uh, they have a forever family that they would have never had before. And uh, uh, we take it one step at a time. Well, no one can say it's been a boring journey. That's true. That is very true. Tell us about your book. Is it a memoir? Is it your full story? Tell us about your book. Yes. So I had talked uh, before about writing a book and I always thought when I wrote my book, it might be a book about my stroke. And so God came to me uh, with the idea of writing a book um, right in the middle of the pandemic. And when I told my husband I was going to write a book, he literally chuckled and said, well, I've heard this one before. And I said, <laughs> no, really, I really am going to write a book this time. And I started typing and he would come through at night and say, what are you doing? And I said, I told you, I'm writing my book. <laughs> and he he would just walk through at night and say, what are you doing? I said, I told you, I'm writing my book. And slowly, chapter by chapter, um, my book unfolded. And it completely turned out to be a different book than I ever expected oh it to be. Uh, it is not a stroke book. It is a book about our life. So in a way, it is a memoir, but it more is just a book about, um, I, it's called Choices. When you're faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? And what mm. it really turned out to be is a book about um, the different aspects of our life and what we've gone through um, from the stroke to the epilepsy to the job um, losses to the move to the adoption and parenting and homeschooling that experiences uh, to uh, natural consequences what we've learned um, what 
uh, we've gone through. And really, in the end, it's a book for anybody. Because whether you face a challenge very small or huge, we all face challenges in life. And one of my biggest messages is life rarely turns out exactly like we picture it's going to. But when we face challenges, we have a decision to make of how are we going to react to those challenges? How are we going to react to our circumstances? And what choice we're going to make and what attitude we are going to take and uh, how we're going to live our life. I was going to ask what the message was for the audience today, but you pretty well just covered it. (laughs) And that's an excellent (laughs) message. And it's one that will, if you maintain that attitude, like you said, even, you know, when, when things are not going your way, want to speak to that a little bit? You know, it's it's not always easy, and I don't always have the most positive attitude. And I do have times that I'm I'm negative, and I and I'm and I'm sad. But you know, I think that's when we turn to God and we we try and learn from uh, what's going on and find the purpose. And I think um, I have learned so much about turning to Him and finding what is the purpose in each and everything that we're going. through for uh, going through. And uh, that is what's pulled me through is finding the purpose in each and everything that we're going through and, and finding the silver lining. And uh, that's just what helps, helps pull me through. In the last minute, you mentioned the word going through three times. And I think that is very important because you're not staying there. You're going through. Yes. You're moving forward. And that is what your book is about. Not staying where you are, but going through, moving forward, and helping everybody that you can along the way. I'm sure that you have been a tremendous inspiration, not just as a speaker, and also sharing your story on many different platforms, and your book, which is available at Barnes & Noble. It's available on Amazon. It's available on your website. And once again, anything else you would like to say in conclusion and tell us the name of your book again. Yes, I would just like to end by saying one of my favorite verses that I that I've come to depend on is uh, Proverbs 19:21 that says, "Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails." And that's because I've learned that God always has a plan. Um, so don't ever get up, give up, even if you have to just take things one step at a time. Um, Learn to depend on him because sometimes when you can't see it, he does have a purpose that is even greater than we can even see. And again, the name of my book is Choices. When you're faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? And thank you again, Lori Vober, for being on Never, Ever, Ever Give Up Hope. Thank you for listening to Never, Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.